going to fly away one of these days. Don't you? Praise the Lord. I don't mean for you to quit paying your life insurance. We got to occupy until he comes. But, uh, you know, sometimes you start talking about your final day plans. My final day plans are already settled. Amen. I don't know who will die first, my wife or I. And I told her the other day, I said, don't worry about it. The way I drive, we'll probably go out together. But thank the Lord, we could go out in the rapture. Amen. Somebody was talking about that tonight. And, and you know, that ought to bring a certain amount of uh, peace to our hearts. You know, I'm just so excited about um, reviewing, talking about this, this idea of peace again. I could not get off of it, and I just felt like I had to go ahead and complete some of those verses that we didn't use and, and some of the ideas and concepts. So we're going to be reviewing that um, this concept of peace as a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we use all of these words and other, all of the fruit of the Spirit in other capacities. So there's a dimension that is set apart as the fruit of the Spirit, even though the same words are used in other areas. The fruit of the Spirit is of the Spirit. That's what sets it apart from other things. A person can have faith, a level of confidence, some uh, intellectual assent, but the fruit of the Spirit is faith. It's more about being than it is doing. Now, I know you have to believe, and that's what faith is, and some have uh, set up about to put uh, faithfulness in instead of the word faith. Well, I assure you that in order for a person to be faithful, he has to be faithful to something, and that Faithing is what brings you in, or, or is demonstrated uh, in our lives through the work of the Spirit. There's a level of confidence that only comes from the Spirit. There's a level of peace that only comes from the Spirit. And so as we talk about these things, I want us to, uh, to be given to understand here that this dynamic of the fruit of the Spirit is, is separate and apart from any other usage of the word. So we are supposed to be of the DNA that walks around as a rule, as a rule, the, the modus operandi of a Christian should be the fruit of the Spirit. Think about that. Now, uh, M.O., you ever, uh, I, I haven't seen anybody carrying around my M.O. is the fruit of the Spirit. Have you, anybody carrying that around? Well, you ought not to have to carry a physical sign because you're, you ought to be demonstrating that just by our behavior. We don't just put on church, do we? We are the church. Now, if y'all are not going to amen every once in a while, it's going to take me a lot longer. If I have to preach and amen, it's just going to take longer. That's, that's all it is. To now, some people are ready to rush me through it. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, get it done, pastor. Let's get on path. Uh, these things. Well, I just want us to revisit this fruit of the Spirit and consider these things in, a, uh, in, in the context of the DNA uh, of the Spirit, the, the thing that makes us like uh, God. You know, uh, Adam and Eve, or Adam was created in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them in his likeness and in his image. And so that was lost at the fall in the garden, uh, but through Jesus Christ, it's being restored. 
that's the great process that is taking place through Jesus Christ is that we are being reconciled to God. God and man are being brought back together uh, in union with, um, with the idea, the concept, the faith that comes uh, through Jesus Christ, the Lord and the work he did on Calvary. Well, in the world, Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He said, um, you know, the Bible talks about there'll be people crying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Uh, so we need to recognize that there is a level of um, experience that comes to Christians and believers that are just, it's just not there uh, in the world. So the world's concept of peace, the secular concept is tra tranquility. L let me see if I can describe a little secular uh, sense of peace here. It's when the kids finally go to bed at night. Whoo, glory. Now, I'm not minimizing that. Uh, and when the grandchildren go home, yeah, there's <laughs> tranquility. Somebody, somebody said there's no greater joy than to see the taillights of your, uh, your, <laughs> your children as they're taking your grandchildren away. Not for us, really. It's uh, just take the drivers home, leave the kids with us. I thought maybe Jamie would be in here and she'd get a big kick out of this. Um, but, but they'll uh, no doubt hear it from some of you. Thank you very much. So the absence of war and hostility is considered in the world to be peace. If we're not fighting, we're at peace. Now, I believe it goes fur, uh, far, uh, it, it goes further than that, it goes deeper than that. Peace is not just the, the absence of chaos. It certainly is that. But peace as a work of the Spirit is like, um, is, is like a, uh, well, it's like what happened to me in this afternoon, you know, and we were busy doing some other things, and and uh, so I, I started to study, and I said, you know, I, I want to just pray. And and so I came into the sanctuary, and I sat back in the corner back there, and I just, as I sat down, that's what I heard. Nothing. Nothing. And in radio, they call that dead air. Dead air. Excuse me, i got to get my... South Carolina broke out of there once in a while. Dead air. And you can't stand it, you know, and uh, uh, the, when, when people are listening on the radio, I mean, you, you just can't stand it. What happens when your TV goes uh, blank or gray just for a few minutes, you know? Here we start flipping the switches because we can't stand to have that quiet time, that tranquility. Well, I think it's important for us to notice that there is... Uh, the, the peace, the tranquility, the absence of war, the absence of hostility in the world, the quietness, um, but the, the fruit of the Spirit goes further than that. There is a peace that comes as a benefit of salvation. There are people who have peace, shall we say, with God. Once you make your peace with God, that feels pretty good. I'm not putting that down by any means. But don't let that be as far as you go in the work of peace, right? The Holy Spirit ought to be working in us a far greater thing than just to experience uh, the level of uh, of the uh, of grace that brings peace with God, and and certainly we don't want to minimize that. Now there is peace that comes as a blessing of grace of God. It's the peace of God, so we can go everywhere feeling or sensing 
uh, that the Lord is with us and, and we can, he can help us to make things right with people and, and be at peace with them. There is a peace we have with, that we can make with other people and then there's a peace with our circumstances. And I think that's what takes the DNA or it takes the DNA to deal with that. We can have um, peace with our relationship with our neighbors, peace with our relationship with our in-laws, um, peace with our relationship with the boss and people at work and our other family members, um, but they're undergirding a full level of spiritual activity is that fruit of the Spirit, which means that God, the Holy Spirit, is at work in us, establishing that kind of silence, that kind of peace that comes from knowing Him. So it's a rule of operation. It's uh, being more than doing. It's being at peace more than it is doing peace. You know, I know there's uh, peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers, but when it comes to the work of the Spirit, now, the fruit of the Spirit is that we are being something more than doing something. Now, there, there are people, uh, maybe this is a little off the subject. Uh, don't, don't grade me off for that. I'm not going to do my doctoral thesis on it. But I'm kind of thinking that, um, you know, that there is a, a being and a doing. Um, and our, our doing comes out of our being. Some people want to act like Christians. They're not Christians because they act like Christians. And there are some good people who are better than some people who claim to be Christians. But it's our being that produces our doing. And so this fruit bearing is producing something. Fruit bearing is producing something. You know the uh, story of Jesus when he came by the fig tree and and it didn't have any fruit on it, and so he cursed it. And I'm thinking, you know, that's that's kind of different than when he came out of a 40-day fast and uh, saw the stones maybe that looked like bread, and the devil used that to tempt him and said, you know, take these stones and make them bread. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone. So he didn't give vent to his, his, his um, uh, passions of the flesh, the, the necessary needs of the flesh. But now he, here... Does it make him so angry that uh, he would curse this tree because it didn't have fruit on it, especially when it says it's not in season? Well, was, what was in season was what precedes fruit, and that's the blossom. Now think about this, folks. Some of us want to go straight from um, leaves, which is the, uh, a, a leaf tree, which is a fake tree, and we want to have fruit without the blossoms, and that's a fake fruit. I mean, a fake tree, a fake fruit tree. Ornamental uh, orange trees in, in Arizona, don't they're worth nothing but just to look like it. But if you think about the fruit of the Spirit, it's what naturally flows out of our being. It's producing something. It's doing something out of our being something. So the peace of God... Uh, flows out of the, our peace with God, with each other, and a step further with our circumstances. Some of us can have peace with others because we're just people persons. Other people are um, task-oriented. Now, my wife is a task-oriented person. I'm a people-oriented person. So if there are people around, forget the task, let's laugh. You know, that's what I am. And uh, so... Our 
out of our being is what is what we're producing. So if we're only producing what the fresh the flesh produces, then that's carnal. But if you produce more than you're able to produce because the work of the Spirit within you, that is the fruit of the Spirit. I don't want to belabor the point there uh, too much, but being in peace uh, is a condition that God wants his children to have, being at peace. Now let's contrast a little bit about what peace is not. Uh, can anybody tell me what peace is not? The, the opposite of peace? And I don't want any names. Don't call any names. I'll tell you what peace is not, working where I work. I'll tell you what peace is not, living where I live. I'll tell you what peace is, is not. Well, it's not chaos. You know, if you have chaos, you're not at peace. Um, it's not struggles. It might be how you address chaos, how you address struggles. It's not strife. Peace is not contention. It's not conflict. Peace is not only the absence of these things, but it is the presence of the condition of tranquility in the midst of it all. Praise God. God can give a deep, settled peace abiding in my soul since I have found a friend divine. Peace, the peace of God that passes the understanding of men. All right. Um, I remember in college they used to say that sleep deprivation could cause you to act like you were on drugs. You know, so a lot of the guys, you know, would just, you know, if they were on drugs, they'd just say, well, I just haven't had any sleep. I don't know if they could get that over on the police or not. Might have. Might have dealt with themselves all right in their, in their mind. I'm not sure about that. But the, the peace that is not, everybody knows, right? But you know when you're not at peace. You know when you need reconciliation. And sometimes instead of getting reconciliation, we try to do other things. If we are too busy to sit down and have peace, then uh, we don't need to add something else that we can do well because we're a task-oriented person. We don't need to start another relationship that we don't have time for because we're a people-oriented person. We need to think about what we're supposed to do as Christians, and that is bear fruit. Think about it. It's natural for us to bear fruit. So what is the fruit of our lives? What are we uh, demonstrating and producing? We should be producing something uh, out of our lives, or rather the Holy Spirit should be producing something in our lives and through our lives. So what's the source or the origin of peace? Where does peace come from? Where does your peace come from? I can't hear you. Okay, God. That was, a, that was an easy answer to that. It, it's from God. But is God the one we seek for peace? Many times what we try to do to establish peace in our heart it is to um, to substitute that maybe with some fake fruit, but um, the peace that we demonstrate in our spiritual life should come from God. In fact, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and God the Son are all at work in us uh, because of uh, the kingdom work. Uh, we can see that is happening, and and so where do we seek our peace? Do we seek our peace from our friends? Do we seek our peace? From our um, relatives, do we seek peace from affirmation of others? Uh, it feels pretty good to get a project done, uh, but that really isn't 
peace, that's relief. And sometimes what we really need is to have silence. I mentioned dead air, dead air earlier, but we are so uncomfortable with that awkward pause when somebody quits talking. Of course, a lot of the times we're just anxious for them to quit so we can jump in and tell our story. We gotta, we gotta uh, one up you. You know, we have to, uh, worse than that, you know, and people start talking about uh, their old piddly surgeries, you know, and then I start telling them about mine. You know, there's a difference between major and minor surgery, right? Major surgery is what happens to me, and minor surgery is hurry up so I can tell you what a major surgery is. Okay, so I've talked to some folks, and they, in fact, um, uh, Brother Tony Hatfield you know, uh, we sit over here close together uh, on Sundays and talk a little bit before or after church or whatever, and I ask about he's doing, how he's doing. And So I used to try to one-up him. I can't do that anymore. He's had more surgeries than I do. He's living more pain than I do, and still he smiles. And all that hair, too, it's a little bit, a little bit disconcerting. <laughs> but you you. You have to recognize that there, there is a, a comfort, or it should be comforting, to be silent. We're, we're really pretty uncomfortable with silence. Um, we went to uh, the cemetery the other day, and I was telling Jamie, uh, this is a great cemetery. Pastor loves it. It's beautiful. Mature trees are there as the wind blows. You, you hear the the leaves as, as they're, you know, giving their praise to the Lord. Uh, we like to go sometimes to my sister's house there at the beach in South Carolina, and, and I love to hear the waves, you know, and, and the wind. About two blocks away is close enough for me um, because the last time I went to the beach, they, they laughed at me. I'd had surgery, and so the water knocked me down, and I couldn't get back up. And they just thought it was so funny, you know, to call me a beach whale. So now I have a lot more peace sitting on the porch, listening to the, the waves and the wind and all of those things. Well, we, we should develop that kind of appreciation with calmness. Uh, I really like to be in the, in the funeral home when it's empty. The sanctuary, as I mentioned today. Um, and so... Uh, we can get some relaxation from time off and having fun, but peace comes from what's happening in here, what the Holy Spirit is doing within us. And I hope I'm whetting your appetite for spiritual things in that that should be the thing we seek to attain is peace because in operating in peace with one another, we can find that tranquility. Our circumstances do not mean as much, and, um, and so we are able to be overcomers in the power of his grace. Now, peace really identifies uh, the spiritual kingdom. Uh, the Bible says in Isaiah 9, uh, 6 and 7, when it talks about the, the prince of peace, what he's going to be called, wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. Uh, so from that prophecy, we see that Jesus is the prince of peace. In Romans 14, 17 through 19, it, it describes the, um, 
the day-to-day operation of the spiritual kingdom that's in the world. He said uh, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace in the Holy Ghost. It's a part of the kingdom identification. So if we are not walking in, living in, enjoying the peace of, and can't stand to be quiet, then maybe we need to let the Holy Spirit be at work in us. It's such We have such a habit of having to answer and having to talk, and, and uh, I'm the biggest talker out there. But we need to find a place that we can be comfortable just being in the presence of God. And in Mark, the ninth chapter, the 50th verse, it says, Have salt in yourselves and peace. So God wants us to have peace in ourselves. Now, I want to talk about and say peace so many times until um, you, you realize not only how important it is, but how wonderful it is. How wonderful it is to experience peace. Peace with God, the peace of God, the peace that comes from God. And so we should have peace in ourselves. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, um, neither let it be afraid. So God is giving us peace through Jesus Christ. And then the peace of God is going to be fully revealed at the coming of Christ. And we should all be anticipating, waiting on that. In fact, the angels proclaimed that when they said, um, Peace on earth, good will towards men. Now, peace is not the absence of war. As I mentioned, I think earlier, peace is a condition, a condition of which freedom from strife is more internal than external. So even though it's happening all around you, you can have the deep, settled peace of God that passes the understanding of men. Praise the Lord. In Philippians um, 4 and 6, it says, be anxious. No, that's not what it says. Some people want to go just so far, they, they won't read past the commas and all that. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Don't let anything steal your peace. Don't let anything keep you from resting. You know, in the, the Psalms, there's a little word that says selah, you know, and um, they tell me that that means rest. And after some of the greatest uh, choruses that uh, they have sung, you know, and whatever pitches and whatever cadence, timing and, and uh, all that may have gone on, selah. I need a sea law sometimes in my life, don't you? Now, I know, I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, I could use a little sea law esta too, a little siesta. But God recognizes he made us and he recognizes our need for uh, his peace, his rest. We'll talk about that in a minute. Now, uh, Philippians 4, 7 says, Peace of God, which passes the understanding of men, will keep your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. Now, um, 1 John 4 and 18 says, there is no fear in love. Why am I bringing that up? Peace isn't love, but fear is an antithesis to faith and, and peace. 
you've got fear, you don't have peace. Right? If you're afraid of something, you are not at peace. But, <laughs> but you can have peace in the midst of the storm. Jesus is sleeping on the boat, and the, the disciples, the highly trained, the ones that have followed him all along, said, Carest thou not that we perish? You know, and the song says, how can you not sleep? Well, it's, it's that Jesus had a confidence and trust that nothing could disturb. He said, well, yeah, he's God. But, you know, he not only spoke to his circumstance, but he speaks to ours. Peace comes from the confidence of knowing that Jesus Christ is with you and he will speak to your circumstance. Don't you love it? Um, I think Tim Hill may have written a song, but I've, I've heard him sing it a number of times where he's singing about the three Hebrew boys, you know, and there's a fourth man in the fire. And the three Hebrew boys come out, you know, and the, the mother is singing this song, and the little boy says, well, Mama, where's the fourth man? And she shouts all over the living room saying, he's still in the fire. Praise God. And when you go through the fire, he's still in the fire. When you have a problem, he's still in the problem. When your situation is past what you can handle, he's right there in your circumstance because he said, I will not leave you, never leave you, never forsake you. If that, are, if that does not bring some level of peace to us, it ought to. It ought to. The presence of God should give us some sense of confidence and faith that it's okay. I might not be able to handle it, but he can handle it. He's got this, and he's got me. So fear is an antithesis, button heads with, uh, with uh, peace. And so we're supposed to be anxious for nothing, but in everything. We should be giving thanksgiving and praise to God for all that he's done. I've noticed that peace, uh, like several of these, um, there's a... Galatians have the, has the fuller list where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, but there are partial lists that are throughout the New Testament. And these things travel together. They're, they're a cluster. And, and so in 2 Timothy 2.22, it says, Flee youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, charity, and peace. We should be pursuing peace. We ought to be doing the things that give us peace. And not create hostility and chaos and trouble. You know, we sometimes bring the stress on ourselves. Be anxious for nothing. But by everything, we ought to be giving thanks and praise to the Lord. Because he's got us. He knows what he's doing. And if we'll trust him, he'll lead us right on through. So, um, then in Psalm 119... 65, it says, Great peace have they who love thy law. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto his path, our path. Hide his word in our heart that we might not sin against him. They who love his law are going to have peace. Well, you can't have peace if you don't know how this thing's going to end. You can't have peace if you don't know what's coming next. 
You can't have peace if you don't know in whom you have believed and are persuaded that he's able to keep that which you've committed unto him against that day. Do you have that confidence? We talked about that before. Faith is an undergirding, underpinning of, of these uh, fruit of the Spirit. Because if you have confidence in God, you have peace, right? If you know God's got this, it's okay. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And I, I don't think we ought to have that attitude where we, we know we're, it, it's over for us. Brother Daly didn't just have that attitude when he came down to 89. He's in the hospital and, and, and you know, the, it looked bleak for him. But he had that attitude before he got to 89 saying, whether I live or whether I die, I'm the Lord's. Praise God, because I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Great peace have those who love the law of the Lord. So the law of the Lord is perfect. The word of God is sure. And if we get the word of God in us, we'll be able to live and abide in peace. Now, I want to talk later on. It may be a ways down the road, but I think what ties to the fruit of the Spirit a lot in a lot of different places is are the spiritual disciplines that we're supposed to um, develop in our lives. One of the listed spiritual disciplines in almost every book, I, I've never, I don't remember reading any with regards to this that doesn't list it, is silence. Silence, being able to be at peace. You can only do that if the Word of God is your mainstay. The challenge for us uh, in living at peace with others and our circumstances, being able to put those things into the hand of God. And uh, Romans 12, 18 says, as much as in you is, live peaceably with all men. So you might not be able to live peaceably with all men, but let them carry the burden of the failure. You don't have to have unrest about it. You did what you could. You leave it in God's hand. Now, what is peace then? I've alluded to uh, these things already a little bit. But peace is rest. Uh, Psalm 4 and 8, the psalmist said, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. Uh, Sister Rhonda came by the office door and, uh, and she was telling me about a, a, a thing she had heard somebody say a doctor, I think, and he asked, how are you sleeping? How are you sleeping? And she said, Pastor, it convicted me because she said, I wasn't sleeping as I would like to. Now, I know there are a lot of reasons why people don't sleep, and I sleep really great three or four times a night. kind of my rule about fasting too. I fast three, four times a day. Now I'm, I'm a leader here, so I hope you won't, won't follow me with this. But think about this. David said, I'm not only going to lay down, and this is the key, because a lot of us lay down. He also talked about tossing, didn't he? Job, excuse me, Job was the one tossing, talking about tossing, you know, all night and the covers and all of that. Well, he went through a whole lot more than five knee surgeries. I 
I get through to you? Two rotator cuff surgeries. No empathy yet? Okay. But David said, I'm not only going to lay down, but I'm going to lay down in peace. I'm going to sleep. Why is that? Because he knew that he was the apple of God's eye. God loved him. And he loved us. He loves us more than we love ourselves. He knows more about our circumstance than we know ourselves. But he has the power to bring to pass the will he has, the plan he has for us that is better than we have for ourselves. You know, we have a plan and we just go busting through like bulls in a china closet. And then we have to look around and say, all I got here is a mess. No, God can take your mess and say, okay, you missed the doorway. You missed the hallway. Just rest, be at peace, and I'll lead you. He leads us beside the still water. He restores our soul. He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Wonderful, wonderful God. In another psalm it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One translator said that surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Accurately translated will, will be, it will doggedly pursue me. The mercy of God, his goodness will doggedly pursue me. Because he loves me more than I love myself. He knows more than I know. He has a better plan for my life than I do. He has the power to bring it to pass. So why would I strive with God? Why don't I just submit to him? 1 Timothy 6 and 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Some of us think his godliness as a a byproduct, a, a choice you uh, make if you want it, if it fits you. But I'm afraid God's word says godliness, holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. I won't dwell too long there. I don't want to disturb anyone's peace. Our confidence is the resource or our sense of assurance of the outcome is what steadies our lives. Isaiah 26 and 3, I think I mentioned that last time, and I, I want to repeat it. It bears repeating. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I think they told me last week that it's that verse that uh, is why they named Isaiah, Isaiah. So Isaiah was trying to get my attention last week. And I said, hey, that's my birth sake. So you tell him I mentioned it. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You know, I think if we worked on our word, which is another spiritual discipline, then we'd be working on our faith. And if we're working on our faith, 
be working on the underpinnings of all the fruit of the Spirit so that wherever we go, men would see us as good because God is good. People would see us as followers of Christ, disciples of Christ. Because by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one toward another. It's the modus operandi. It's the rules for engagement. It's the way we relate to one another. And I know we still have to go gentleness and goodness and meekness and temperance. Have a long way to go. Well, I'm not planning on spending three weeks on each of this. God help us today to realize that a transformed life, which is what I believe Jesus offers better than any other religion in the world, a transformed life will produce the kind of fruit in us that will cause us, as the Bible says, of Christ, he had favor with God. a little bit when I hear people say I don't care what people think you better because you are the testament the epistle known and read of all men you're God's letters not just Paul's letters but you are God's letters to the world and we ought to be the kind of example in everything we do every attitude every display of um, of doing it ought to be springing out of our being, demonstrating such confidence in God because he will never leave us, never forsake us. Praise the Lord. Well, I know I didn't completely uh, deal with that subject. I couldn't possibly. But I hope that as you read the scripture, some scripture, some of these words, phrases will come up with new meaning when you see them and it will make you want to ask some questions question everything. Seek accuracy in your understanding. Don't don't just quit with uh, a pat answer, but dig. See what the Bible says. In fact, I encourage you to get a dictionary in your Bible if you have one. And and don't don't just assume that the way we're using that word right now is the way it's always been used and always will be used. In fact, I believe that that God has so much power that that he can use the word the way it means right now, and it'll be true. I don't think there's anything in the Bible you could disprove, even though there's more meaning, I think, as you look back and see something. The cultural context, the translation from uh, the Hebrew and the Greek. And so we, we need to be in the word enough so it becomes so familiar to us that even if we were taken before the magistrates, what would happen? Just, just think for a moment. What would happen if people came through all these doors and they hauled us off and had us witness and testify of our relationship with God? How about that? Would we be able to say, I will not recant. Jesus is a Savior and the love of my life. I would rather forfeit my life than to renounce it. Hope it doesn't come to that. But maybe in a way it kind of is. Because we need to be taking a stand for what is right 
going to stand against what is right. As painful as it might be. I was reading somewhere that the signers of the um, of the uh, Declaration of Independence said, at the risk of life and property, that's what my name means, I guess. And they were listing the people who had whose houses had been burned, whose fields had been destroyed, whose wealth was uh, taken away, families, and, and had given their lives for the commitment they made, but their signature meant. Are you ready for your signature to mean something? Lord, grant that I might be able to say definitively, I stand upon the word of God. We sing that as I take Tinsley to uh, preschool a couple of days a week. And and she she sings it. She's got a little bit different word. She says, I stand above the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Bible. And I tried to straighten her out a time or two. And I say, stand upon and I said, it's okay. <laughs> I'm standing above the Bible. That's what's underneath me. That's what's all around me. That's what's holding me uh, together. That's what's keeping me strong. Praise God. The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God. Stand above the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Praise God. Let's, let's stand and Offer up our prayer to God. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. Forgive us for our prayerlessness. I love to be able to sense your presence, Lord, and being aware of you and talking with you about every issue and every little thing. But Lord, please help me not to focus on the things I need so much until I miss out on those who are standing right alongside of me who need other things, healing, peace, power, grace. And Lord, even the people who are around us right now like family, and in many cases they're closer to us than family. I ask God that you would give them grace without measure, that you'd cover them, O oh Lord, in the covenant that you've committed to. Help us to walk in the light of your word. And we'll be careful to thank you, praise you, and honor you. In Jesus' lovely name. Hallelujah. And all the people said, Amen.